Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Indiepocalypse Radio, your home for all things Indiepocalypse and things like kind of actually like your home for all things 10% of Indiepocalypse and 90% other bullshit. Like my very self-indulgent, like like after years, I'm like, yeah, let me just get into this show and raise my own skinny fists like antennas to heaven. And I thought for like, what if I... The song's called Sleep, so what if I played Sleep after that? And I just kind of like went through a real like word association drone kind of vibe. Like, where do I go from there? Do I go from... Anyway, anyway, enough dope smokers and dope thrones, and then Wolves is a throne room, and then uh, what's the what's the one am I thinking of? Um, up to the wolves, and then I play Wolves lower, and then listen, listen, enough of free association. Speaking of free association, um, we have a guest here who you may know from. It's the oh, I don't have the thing open. I mean, I know it's the last. I know it's the most recent issue, but I just like to have it open for my own, um, you know, clarifications on things. I should also probably open it. No, uh, you don't, I, I mean, I was opening my my Google form that has questions oh. that you don't have access to, which you certainly could not open. I certainly hope you could. I'm opening the Indie Apocalypse page so I can look at the cool cover art. Okay, uh, it is very good. It's like really. It's good. so good. Um, it, it'll be rotating through in about. Um, like, uh, let's see if I can do this. Like twelve covers from now, I think I I think I got it. I, I um, but anyway, it's um, Sir Milkman with text tack toe. Hello. Hello. That's issue. I made a game. Excuse me. I was saying that was issue twenty-eight. Hello. Hello. I had to put it like I had to put a stamp on it. Like, what if people were listening to this months from now, and I say the last issue, they're like. Oh, issue thirteen or issue thirty-one? They're like, wait a minute, it's not issue thirty-one because it's issue twenty-eight. You're gonna have to put me in every Indiepocalypse sign from now on. Nope, it's not permitted. There's a strict rule against it. And also, I was wrong because I forgot to do bonus issues. I was right in the number of issues, but I was wrong in the number of covers. It's technically eighteen covers away. But anyway, anyway, hello, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Perfect. That's the best way to be. I'm know. definitely not playing a game while we're talking, so that would be disrespectful. That's, yeah, so that's, I'm not doing that. That's not that's not anything I do when I'm having a game night with my friends, at all. No, it'd be rude to play games and talk to people at the same time. Right, right. It's, those dailies can finish themselves later. It's not like I can't even do that in this because I have audio routed a bunch of weird ways and it would yell at me. But anyway. Um, my friend, my friend just DM'd me on Steam, evil, because he sees me playing a game. What? What? Oh, speaking of people getting their acts together, I forgot to change the guess. Oh well. Um, but important question: If I can, I can. Uh, what game are you playing? Going under. It's really fun. Oh yes, that game. I'm like obsessed with it right now, just because. The humor is like really good, and the gameplay is really fun. Uh, I'm big on roguelikes. Yeah, I'm. I've cast roguelikes into the past. I'm like, I wanna. I my my uh, my endless games that you're not meant to finish are called multi massively multiplayer online RPGs. 
those are my time sinks if I if I have one, you know. I've only ever played one of those, and it's by Droken. Yeah, no, this, I mean, these are big, massive, massive, massive ones. But speaking of um, video games, you made one for, um, I mean, just in general, and then later submitted to Indiepocalypse. And so the question is, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Uh, good question. I think Ash K. Okay. Because I'm friends with them, so I think they brought it up in a conversation one time. I was like, this looks cool. Yeah, you were all in that um, Paradise Paradise collab. Is there one? It's, it's so cool. I love Paradise. They're so nice. It's just yeah. like a server of a bunch of nice people. I have to... <laughs> I I find myself um, naturally drawn to Paradise sometimes. I'm like, oh, look at all these cool people in one place. I have to make sure... Like, for instance, when commissioning games that I'm like, I can't just commission all of Paradise in a row, you know? You should just commission all of us at once. We'll make one big game. I we're really good at we're really good at finishing things. Definitely don't have like four things in the works. Listen, I you don't need to worry about finishing things. That's for later. I mean I mean you all sort of make smaller works anyway, so you're supposed to have four things going on. Yeah. It's when you have four or five year long projects going on that you run into a problem. We have this we have this channel that was originally for like a project we were all working on, and it's just devolved into posting images of frogs. And it's like the go to frog posting channel now. That's you know, I I have a personal channel for friends that I often fear that I have to double check to make sure I'm not accidentally posting in like the Indiepocalypse Discord because they don't get my good stuff, you know. So now I want to know. Now I don't want to know what's in that channel. It's, it's top secret. There's only like four people in there, and there will never be more than four. But there's really we got really good stuff in there, you know. I'm but, intrigued. It's the but it's the kind of thing that you can't really like. Um, it's the bit. It's the benefit of closed circles and like knowing people, you know, because you can post images and things that you don't need necessarily need to have as much context for. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Everyone, it's like just getting off of the uh, the public forum for a moment and just diving into the old world of having friends. I'd recommend it for anyone who can do it. But so tell me a little bit about your game, Tex-Tac-Toe. Um, I made it in like, I think an hour. Yes. <laughs> instead of doing homework. That's a good number of time, number of minutes to make a game. I mean, I make games in an hour a lot. It's like fun. Yeah. Um, but it's tic-tac-toe, but a text adventure. It's just tic-tac-toe, but I don't, I only give you like information. I haven't actually play this in forever i don't know how to describe it it's tech it's tic-tac-toe but like everything's told through words yes and really eloquent writing but not also like straightforward uh intended for perfect play kind of words yeah like you don't you don't ever get to see the grid you have to like visualize the grid in your head yeah and you don't have a um like it's not constantly updating you you know, in words where all the locations are in the grid. Yeah. It's like, 
It just tells you what just happened, and that's it. So it's, it's, it's you know, bringing it back to the oldest game, but also abstracting it in a way that's interesting. But I have to remind myself. I have to remind So as a, uh, so this is a, a thing that I need to remember to do for, um, to float over to the, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some some busy work right here at the moment some book some housekeeping right now during the show. So, for the for the for the pledge drive in July, I have an idea for a. Uh, I've got a triathlon set up, and I'm I'm gonna float to you to float to Paradise. Wait, what is Paradise Systems? And now I'm getting, what what is what is the official name of what you all do? Um, the Twitter account is called Paradise Collab, I think, yeah. but the server name is just literally Paradise. That's what I thought. So what am I think? I, I feel like I'm attaching something. Maybe it's just something I made up. Oh, no, you know what? Nope. It's because Paradise Systems, they do, um, East Asian. They like China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, comic publishing. That's what Paradise Systems is. Never mind. Um, so that's that's where my own confusion is. But to the point at hand. Um, so I'm considering triathlon. What was that? I heard triathlon. Yeah. So triathlon. I had an idea for a uh, a bad game triathlon hosted by myself and. Cassidy of the Bad Game Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm tasking you, <laughs> Sir Milkman, to kind of like to say, hey, would you all be interested in doing something like that, where you nominate three players to play three games, and you can tr you know to train up for this upcoming session in July. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. Uh, I have no idea if people in Paradise would want to do it. Yeah, I know one yeah. person from there is listening, I think. But I just... Um, that, that was my first step in terms of getting things done, you know? Getting the word out there for myself. I can also just, like, invite you to paradise. It's not, like, a closed thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am always a weird guy when it comes to uh, uh, social groups. Because I feel... Anyway, we don't need to unpack my... my uh, self-loathing on the show you know but uh, speaking of unpacking um so no that's not a good transition speaking of unpacking speaking of games so you make games in an hour would you would you say you're uh well no what is do you have a certain kind of skill set that you approach game making from like you're like i'm a i'm a graphic artist so i'm going to um, like or do you just kind of approach it as a an all rounder? Squash and stretch is my main thing. Okay. All of my I try to put squash and stretch in all of my games, and like super, like extreme pixelization. Text tac toe doesn't have much of it, but a lot of my games are really pixel crunchy. Yeah. Um, because it just like you can take any bad looking game and crunch the pixels a lot, and then make it make it look good. The... So. The the PS one philosophy, you know. Yeah. 
I made a bunch of games. I made two games for Game of Week, and they both have like crunch pixels, and I really like how they turned out. Yeah, because you don't need to um, messiness, or if, or for lack of a better word, you know, cleans up weirdly cleans up a lot around creating more rough edges hides the rough edges because all the edges are rough. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about, like, uh... Like, a lot of my games use stock images I find on Google. I don't know if you can post pictures, but I'll just send a picture in the group chat so you yeah, can, can see. Can this game I made, I t just took an image of a bird, an image of grass, and crunched it a bunch, and it looks kind of cool. Yeah, it looks like an image one might actually create. Let me... Yeah. I think I've got a little yeah. It's just I think I've got a little image hiding in here somewhere that I use for this sort of thing for when I need to post important images into the stream. Oh, that's the thing that's always yelling at me. Oh. Where are you? Where where are you, Hut? Why are you not? Anyway, I don't know why it's not showing now. It's at the very top. Oh, weird. Oh, you know what? Because of like, <laughs> this is a tiny little sliver because of the, the, uh, the current like transform that is on here. Uh, reset transform. There we go. Found him. He was a tiny, he was, Wonderful. The, he was a bit, the, he was about the tiniest little sliver. Let me get out of studio mode so I can fool around stuff all the time. So is that just like a, a plain stock image of a bird? Like all of that was there and then you just kind of... I think I, I think I literally Googled uh, bird transparent and got that. Or it might have been sparrow transparent. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it's not twice, but here's the actual image I used. Yeah, perfect. Let me... Uh, and then same with the grass. And then the background is just a repeating sky texture. Yeah. Who says you need, you know, Unreal Engine? Good art is too hard to make, so just use stock images instead. Yeah. You know, the most photorealistic graphic is a photograph. It's true. <laughs> you can't get more photorealistic than this guy right here. I'm making another one of these pixel jank games about frogs, and I. It, it's cool. I'll send a screenshot from that one because I like it. Yeah, I've got a really good top shelf frog image that a friend has. There's so many, um, like clip art images of weird frogs in weird positions. Yeah, these are um, it's exceptional frog. There's a really great frog sculpture. It's um. Not safe for company, though. For friends only. What am I doing here? Anyway, um, I'm like I'm trying to remember this thing that I'm doing. Play alpha and linear. Trying to make this little bird hang out on its own. But this is the thing that I have. I wish I get how to do. But anyway. So speak. Have you now? Do you have um an ambition to make a game that's like spend a long time on a game? There's an ad. Yeah, oh. but I'm lazy. How do I? I I see. I don't know how to like say no ads, please. 
I never I just want to watch ads and make money. I, is this Twitch just make you do that? Because I've, I've. I like, think, I think so. I think there's always an ad at the beginning of the stream. You're right. Here's a I, transparent I, version of the bird. No, I want to do. I want to learn how to do. That. I got to remember how to do this. My way to do it is put it in a sprite and then use the fill tool to replace I mean, the I background. Have, I literally have a sprite open right now. I could do that, but I want to do it the hard way. Oh, is it a video capture? Can you not do it with an image? Anyway, um, so longer games. If you let's say you you uh, do you have in your heart somewhere in your heart and soul like oh I'm gonna indie I have an indie studio now I'm gonna make a long video game. I... Yeah, but I'm also lazy, so I don't ever commit to stuff. Right, right. You don't have that. <laughs> you don't have. Like, that. I want to make this huge game, and it's gonna have so much content. But I also could make three small games. Um, I want to make like a big roguelike. I like roguelikes a lot, and yeah. I think making a big one would be fun. Here we go. I found it. Um, problem solved. But let's see if let's see if it'll work. Custom, custom, select color. Oh, it doesn't let me click the thing. Nope, and that just made the bird disappear. Rip <laughs> bird. Okay, here we go. Let's go with this kind of like. Partial. It's partially there. There we go. I like them. I like them now. Here we go. I'll stick them over here. Oh gosh, ghost bird. Yeah. It's just this little ghost bird can just hang out over here. Um, so now roguelikes. Now would you now would you do the the modern interpretation or just go all the way back, make a true Berlin style or whatever? Probably just make a like clone of Heat Signature because that's my favorite game. Oh. Um, it's just fun. Our, no. there's, there's so much in it, like. You can approach the missions in like tons of different ways, and I think that's fun. It allows for like emergent gameplay. I have an important question for you about roguelikes. Are, yes, are roguelikes just arcade games, but with power ups? If Pac-Man, um, Pac got if every time you died in Pac-Man, you got to make him go faster, does it become a roguelike? Um. No. No, I don't think so. Um, because uh, hmm. is it the is it the I level gener is it the level generation? I think it's I think it's I think if the roguelike deck has unlocks between runs, it's not an arcade game. But if it doesn't have unlocks between runs, and you just do runs, and it's all it's like always you always have the same stuff that can generate, then it's an arcade game. Yes. So if basically if I change the walls around in Pac Man all the time, it becomes a roguelike. Every time you boot it up? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'll remember that. I'll put it... Uh, I, I'm going to go to rogue.wikia.com and make sure to add that into the new definition. I do not care about definitions of roguelikes. If it is randomly generated, then it's a roguelike to me. That's perfect. I think there's... Um, I noticed this with... Uh, the, the kind of people... Well, I noticed that the people who are usually in Indie Apocalypse do not tend to 
engage in the sort of um, what you call online discourse, you know? And I wonder if it's like there's a there's a freedom that you're like, well, I'm not part of this thing, so I, well, who cares about this stuff? Because it's like you're coming from a part where it's like it's already sort of pointless, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> why would you why would you bicker about um, this already pointless thing? I just like don't don't get people being like. Oh, it has this, so it's not a roguelike. It's like, just let me enjoy my game. But they're kicking down your door and telling you it's not a roguelike. They're like, no, yeah. it's a roguelite. It's I don't a... think I've ever played an actual, like, true roguelike. you never played Rogue? Even? I've never played Rogue. What's the closest that I've played? NetHack. You played NetHack? No, I haven't. Um... What's the one that's called Dungeon something or other? I'm sure there's one that's something Dungeon. I guess Pork Like, that Pico 8 game. That's the closest I've played to the original Rogue. Yeah. You've never played, um, what is it? No Mystery Dungeon games? No, I've never played Mystery Dungeon games. They look really fun. But, like. Yeah, they feel like that's, like, um, uh, those are basically roguelikes or like the, those, the, those are roguelikes for a long time. And there's a lot of them, but just before it was a, a catchy term, you know, but I mean, only, I think I've only ever played like two Pokemon games and I did not get past the first gym in either of them. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to say you're not missing very much. They are, fine for what they are you know they're perfectly they're pokemon is for children and that's a fine that's a fine thing that you can make games for children there's nothing wrong with it you know yeah kids kids like games too you know so before we go sir milkman what's your favorite pokemon my favorite pokemon uh decidueye i don't know who that is thank you for being here we're gonna take a break (laughs) Already, and um, oh, there is the transparent little sparrow. Oh my God, is that the frog that I know? But through at a different angle. I'll have to do some important research real quick. <laughs> no, it isn't because they're both side facing, I think. But it has like a it's a similar vibe. Is that was that originally a real frog? Um, I I don't I don't think so because there's so there are so many images of him just okay. in different poses so probably not but, no okay maybe i'll post forbidden frogs but um we'll be back uh, here's just a joy if you wanted to see owl that looks like a bird that's that's a bird what are you talking about that's like that sparrow from earlier yeah i just like birds they're that's i like i'm like Anyway, anyway, let's not get. I I tried to go to a break. Let's not get uh, uh, sidetracked talking about birds and whether or not it, how they're smart and they're cool and I like them. You know. Anyway, alrighty, we'll be back in a minute forty-seven. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Frank Knee by Aunt Sally, and it did the did the, the obnoxious thing where. 
it uh, it's, so it's a 1979 album but they got like reissued in Bandcamp on 2021 so they re re, re edit the to say 2021 and that's not right that's that's dishonest DJing here that album is from the 79 anyway now that I've ensured my integrity uh, we are here with our next guest who you may know also from believe it or not indie apocalypse from but issue 27 with go fly kite it's logan logan how are you doing i'm doing pretty good man how you doing i'm doing great and you know well, you're here you've heard you've been you've heard the first portion you know the question that's coming your way as fast as can be which is uh how did you hear about indie apocalypse uh twitter i don't know how it came up on my feed and i was like oh this is a cool thing and i think i followed you on twitter a while back and then i put the game out i was like oh shit i gotta find a way to get people to play it and i saw that there's like a jam on itch and submitted it it's the perfect way though we don't use the j word about it it confuses people too much too many j word jam (laughs) oh yeah no it was a little confusing yeah i also uh, yeah, I don't like. I didn't even think to like look at the jams because, like, I don't know. I don't really do jams. It seems very stressful. Right. No, I don't. I don't do them either. Yeah. It makes it very easy to submit your game. Oh yeah, it's the perfect format. If, if somebody needed a submission page and didn't want to like run a random Google form somewhere. Right there, it's built in. Yeah, you just click add game, and the game gets added. Yeah. And then only one person a month is like, why isn't my game ranked? I'm like, read the page, dude. Read what it says. It even says in bold now that it, I do not consider it a jam. But it's not a jam. Not a jam. Not a jam. That's me, hands up, in a cross formation saying, not a jam. I like this brand, Internet actually. I'm getting really into it. It's got a good look to it. But, um... That's that's good because I think this is the first maybe this is one of the first times I've heard like usually people like oh I just browsed the jams and I saw it there and they said pay me money thank you but this is the honest to god the um, advertising at work yeah to be honest it was like I had heard of it and I was like oh this is a really cool thing and I I bought like an issue I don't remember which one well it's too many like, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, like 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 a while back, and I was like, "Man, this is a really cool thing." Because I don't know, there's not that much stuff that's focused on like the you know the indie indie space. Yeah. Um, but I I didn't really get how you know you were selected for it. I assumed it was probably some sort of uh, whoever ran it, you know, chose people. You get you get picked. That's uh, true. And then I you know I saw the jam. Okay, I could be in. Yes. It's so simple. Yeah, the, the doors are open for everybody. I know. Quite, quite intentionally, the doors are open for everybody. I know, but, you know, when you're on the, the outside looking in, you just yeah. assume, oh, man, there's some sort of big, you know, indie indie games collective and everyone's in a, a big Twitter group chat and no. <laughs> buys things. Yes. Fortunately, yeah, almost by intent, any apocalypse is the opposite, where I'm in a group chat with nobody. <laughs> nobody in the industry talks to me. 
and I, I know. and I largely keep to myself. I don't even. I have no idea what the industry is. Yeah, or even like I, the indie space. I'm very detached from a lot of. Aside yeah. from being on this, aside from this weekly show I host. Yeah, it. it I don't understand how it works. Like, you know, I follow every tons of devs on Twitter, and it's like. It seems like everyone's just random solo devs, but then sometimes a random solo dev is like, "Oh, I'm giving a talk at GDC." Oh, you're like big and important. I don't, I don't know what differentiates this thing, you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's you know the secret to networking is just being a reply guy until people accept you enough. Yeah, man. I you know I've said it, but there's a there's a secret you know divine combination of hashtags that if I figure what it is. I'll become famous and like, you know, YouTubers will play my games and then ask what I'm, what I'm smoking. Yes. What are you? <laughs> Logan, I've played your game and it's a little wild. I got to ask you, what were you smoking, man? What was I on? And I was on nothing. What? That's, I know. that's not at all the, that's how, how strange. It's not like I don't hear that from everyone who makes abstract art. <laughs> No, man, you ever get fucked up and try to use the computer? It doesn't go so well. No. <laughs> you ever you ever really slow your action time down and then try to make art? <laughs> Not good stuff, man. No, no. Listen, I've, I've, um, I've had, I've, I've, you know, been in situations where it's like this has slowed me down, where I can't even like watch this TV, this bad movie, and like rib this bad horror movie properly so could you imagine making art in that state yeah i also just get too self-judgmental with that stuff most of the time yeah i can get i can get drunk and do it i guess but like i don't know you get too high and i'm just gonna sit there and be like damn you know what i'm pretty sure all of my ideas are bad (laughs) and everyone will hate me and if i put this out they'll try to kill me so right which is just i should delete the project delete the backups you know live in a cave and then 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 tomorrow you're like oh why'd i delete everything <laughs> exactly such regrets but yeah no it's uh it, yeah it turns out a lot of people just think very normally and they're just very normal people i know it turns out we're all humans this yeah. whole time and uh, really yeah. it's, it's really not like hey what have you been smoking it's more like what have you not been doing in your life that you have such a narrow worldview you know or like a a limited potential for imagination i mean i think i just i think i think it's both like one of the cool things about games as like an artistic thing is that they're one that has really i think only been you know taken as art very recently um not that i don't i don't think that hasn't been applied but like i think broadly you know sort of assessed in that way um i mean most you know games criticism like if you compare games criticism to like you know art criticism in general a lot of it just reads like toy reviews you're gonna get a lot of a lot of bang for your buck you know yeah like there's hours of content See, I don't want to just consume content, man. It's depressing. <laughs> man, that is, listen, it's try, try emailing like 150 people each month and be like, 
This is the this is the this is the totality of the game's critical space, so far as I can tell. Yeah, and the, don't get me wrong, I like the the that kind of stuff too. Yeah. But it all sort of gets conglomerated. You know, like every indie indie space is is a mixture of like you know your more expression driven endeavors, and, and also you're like, hey, I, I rebuilt Mega Man, but new, and it's like. Don't get me wrong. New Mega Man is great. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play Mega Man forever. Um, because... And that, that does express something as well. So I, I don't want to. Right. I want to harp. But you got a space in your heart for both, you know. Yeah. Different. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, you can't. Right. It's not just like I. I I like old. I like whole games or whatever and different kinds of things as much as the next guy but you know yeah and it's like i don't know it's all expression like right. devil may cry i love devil may cry and that to me expresses the feeling of being a totally sick guy doing sick things you know yeah right <laughs> sliding and around to, the... to, yeah, and to experience that is great but i'm also interested in you know expressing other things yeah, uh, listen, is I, I run this, this like alternative anthology every month. But the the feeling of a good of a good dungeon run in an MMO, it's like ah, I love I love the satisfaction of it, you know. Oh yeah, what MMOs do you play? It's just um, Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, I've been playing that slow. I pick it up. I like every couple of months i pick it up and pretty much play through like half of one of the expansions and then drop it and pick it up and play through half one of the expansions and someday i'll be yeah up to date it had a i had a bad habit where i um you know i would every as a as a child as a youth i got into wow and then i would quit then get into an expansion and then quit and then get into an expansion. Uh, then, then one day I was like, "What if? Well, let me try this Final Fantasy thing." And here it has a long trial to it. Yeah. And so, see, like, I couldn't. I, I could never afford WoW as a kid, so I just played like a thousand different free-to-play Korean MMOs. Oh, have, I, mean, like, no I also did that. <laughs> yeah, they have like no actual content or storytelling, and they're just a means to like sell cosmetics. Right. They're, I, just, I, just, <laughs> they're just. I played three hours of those because they were free. You just play three hours of every one. They're just endless but, loops. Uh, I found my one problem is like, like Skinner box type games, you know, where it's all about, you know, you, you get the reward and you feel good because you, you got the new thing, you know. It's like if I play Skyrim or something and you finally get that sword or whatever that's like top of the line, took forever to get. Yeah. Some, it just, it feels hollow after a certain point. Like, what am I doing, man? You're right. But, it's an MMO, and it's like, well, someone could see my full sword. It's all worth it, you know? Yeah. Like, a stranger could see this and be like, look at that guy. He's got it all. Right. It's, you know? It's I the, can show it off. It's The glamour is the real end game. Yeah, man. Gotta make my little tiny wizard man look cool. Look sick as hell. Like Vivi. I, I just got into glamouring and then it's because it's like a dangerous road for me because i'm like well now i want to get the best stuff so i look the best you gotta look the best and they have these little like now they have to have like the little calling cards i can do fun poses with my guys yeah my problem with all those things though is that i always think the coolest stuff is like the beginning game stuff where your guys just wearing like 
a little, you know, leather shoes and a sack. Yeah. You know, like that's looks sick to me. So I'm, I, and then you don't have anything to go for because you're like, I just like want my nice little, little leather shoes, little, a little sack, little, little wool jacket. That's all I need. I think I have. Anyway, this is not the Final Fantasy fashion hour where we just sit around and talk about Final Fantasy <laughs> fashion. I don't think so, yeah. at least. No. But, uh, this, uh, I have gripes with that thing anyway. Why? Why can't? Why do I have a limited selection? Why do I have a limited pools? It doesn't make sense. I don't know how the inventory works in that game. Yeah, but um, anyway, MMOs, I. They're games. They are. I was thinking about this the other day because I was talking on um, Twitter.com with someone about like uh, they were talking about how you know f- films and how films are like different in like the indie space versus games. And I I was thinking about like are there what, a, a big thing? And you mentioned it earlier that games are Skinner box or can be Skinner boxes. And can other forms of art be Skinner boxes? <laughs> Can I make a TV show that's functionally? I, I think I think TV shows are, are that. I mean, TV shows because TV shows are the only that I can think of, at least, are are the only one that um, you know, th- their existence is predicated on as long as they're profitable. You mm-hmm. know, so it's it's the same thing with all these you know games as a service, where it's like we want you to play this, and then you play it forever, and you you know you got to check back in every week to get your your little bobbles and whatnot. Um, and there's plenty of TV shows that are like that, where it's like, it's, you know, Breaking Bad kind of felt like that, where, you know, instead of setting out of like, here is a story I want to tell, or here's something I want to convey, or something to express, you just, um, you have to keep writing stuff where like, oh, shit, uh, turns out this is a big hit, so we're going to have to keep this going for an extra three seasons, you know? Right. We have to and that's, why, that's why I can't do most TV. Cause like every, anytime someone recommends a show to me, like, look, first season is rough. Cause they're figuring stuff out, but then it gets really good. Uh, but then the last four seasons suck because at that point it was just too profitable for them to cancel it. So, you know, but you're already invested. So you're going to watch them anyway. I know. And it's like, I, I can't do that, man. I, I don't want to, that sounds just terrible. Yeah, I've I've thought about this and how much like streaming kind of like um, makes shows better overall because it sort of flattens them because you don't have to watch them week to week. You can watch like just like binging a show makes it better because it it kind of sands away all the bad parts of it. Oh, see, I disagree because I think the benefit of of like that kind of of, of thing for me is is that feeling of checking in every week, you know, and and letting it sit with you for a long time. And if you binge it, you know, I mean, Hey, most of these binging things feel designed for like the idea that you're not really paying attention to it, that you have your phone in your hand the whole time. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not, you're not watching, you know, fucking Satan tango or however you pronounce that, that Bayless Harfum. Um, for seven hours you're watching something that expects you to not fully pay attention to it for seven hours um and and the stuff that i really liked that was like you know television and long form was something that because you know i i took it in over over a long period of time and 
that allows you know the characters and, and the narrative to kind of grow with you you know right like, last one i remember was um twin peaks the the return when that yeah. came out yeah and I was... just every, every week you know watching that getting excited for it was nice and also just you know it's sitting with you and and letting every little bit kind of you know have it, it its weight and i think that allows different elements to sit to kind of change and if i just sat down for 18 hours and watched it all in in one go you know yeah and i don't think episode eight would have the same it was it is episode eight the, the one with the, the the you know the the nuclear blast like the, like the big soundscape at the beginning is that what you're it's the about? one that's like abstract where they 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 have like the the nuclear um detonation and yeah and the bug that crawls into the woman's mouth and all that no i don't i don't know what number it is but eight sounds right yeah that's what i mean by when i say episode eight yeah like i, I just don't think that one would, 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 would hit as hard if you didn't you know give everything space you know right i think that's i think i was going to mention that when you mentioned breaking bad just that show because i think that show kind of stands in almost almost in, in a way in defiance but like it very clearly is not prestige television it's it i feel like it, it hits that sort of middle ground and i mean i also i don't like pretty much everything that you would call prestige tv right. I, I don't particularly care for um and but i i like break breaking bad i remember when it was going on like the creators were definitely like it was the kind of thing where they were hyper aware of like responses to it and they would sort of change it as it went along which to me, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, yeah. Is, is that like patching your TV show? Basically? Yeah. Like, it, it's certainly a thing in games, too. You know, you have an early access game and you get a bunch of people who are like, we don't like this part. This part doesn't work. And, you know, they change it. Like, like uh, what's that mech game? Um, mech Warrior. No, oh, the, the new one. The the top down one. Steel um, no, it's new. <laughs> it, it's, it's indie. Um um into the breach no um that was you like so now i don't know uh i'm gonna feel like a uh it's on the tip of my tongue um it's is it is is the one that the Shadowrun people made no it's it's the one where you like destroy cities um and and it it has that kind it's like a three-quarters view um yeah, I know. I know where it I keep sounding like you're. All I can think of is into the breach because that's kind of what. Brigador. What? Brigador. Okay. Um, when, when Brigador originally came out, and I might be totally messing this up, and if so, I apologize. But I remember when it really originally came out, it had this sort of wonky control scheme, but it's one that totally is is like about, um, getting into like the mind of moving the mech and like you know the gameplay of how the mech moves but it's 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 hard to get accustomed to it first yeah so they changed it and 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 you know you can you can revert back to that and everyone i know who loves the game is like you gotta revert back to that method but the default control scheme is something that's a little bit more conventional you know and right but i get why they do that like no i and I, i games at least have the ability of like options where you can you can have one thing and and you can also do the other it's not like you know with a tv show where it's like right. oh everyone hates, hates skylar where it'll she we're gonna make her character mean now and and uh 
the main guy's uh, a sweet boy who. Well, she didn't let the cool guy do the things he was gonna I do. Know, the cool guy to do the things things he wanted to do. Yeah. Like you know, sell drugs and kill people. Um, uh, well, but... I'm well, I'm gonna release my version of a TV show where it has multiple difficulty settings, where one of them just displays <laughs> subtitles that are explaining the metaphors and the plot behind everything. Yeah, we need subtext. Yeah, no, no subtext. It's gonna it's gonna be subtext mode off. Where it just explains what's happening on the TV show. That's how I'm gonna introduce difficulty settings to TV shows and movies. But um, I do not remember what point I was trying to make anymore. Um, other than that, oh, just that you know, Breaking Bad was was one that I remember that they really like. the The path it took was was both heavily informed by like it's a huge hit, so we can get more seasons out of this than maybe we originally intended. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, just generally the structure, it, it's always like, it's got to end in something, so you check back in next week, you yes. know? Which, which I think, in, in a way, could be, you know, perceived as a Skinner box of sorts. Yeah, right. The thing that keeps you getting, gives you that good feeling, that good rush every time. Yeah, you got to come back. You got to check back in. You got to keep doing it. Um, and, 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 you know, I don't think there's, I, I think, you know, there's arguments to be made for why it's wrong. It's certainly done immorally. Um, but I'd be lying if I said, I don't know, there's plenty of Skinner boxes where I get addicted for like, you know, a couple months. I remember Neo 2. And any of those Diablo likes where you just make numbers go up. Yeah. Oh, I love making numbers go up, man. Oh, yeah. I'll, make, I'll make numbers go up until I hit a point where why do I care about these numbers? Yeah. And then I drop it. <laughs> I'm actually, to get weirdly, um, speaking of Diablo in specific, uh, it's why I like Diablo 2 and not Diablo 3. The reason being that there is there is a theoretical end to Diablo 2. Yeah. Like, oh, I, guess, I guess you could do ladder stuff or whatever, but like the idea of it's not constantly being updated and patched at everything, it's like, oh, I did everything. I'm done. Yeah. And I, I do like the idea of being done. That is part of it. It's like, okay, there's there's an end point, and yeah. I can reach it. And that's enticing to me, you know? Right. But I never get there. I've yeah. never ever once in my entire life 100% in anything. Um, no. Actually, that's not true. I think I 100%ed. Uh, I have, like, one platinum trophy. I don't remember what it's for. Oh, I've got, I've got some... Some I don't know if I have any platinum trophies, but I've got a couple I think full achievement games back when I had more time to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now like f- the things that we- I am doing that in, I kind of is fully recognize that. Oh, there is no theoretical, and this is something because I want to watch a video, but it's like a two-hour video, and it's like. It's it's not like engaging enough that I want to like watch it just on its own, you know? It feels like a waste to just watch the thing on its own, but also at the same time it's too distracting to like read during, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like certain games fill that that niche. Oh yeah, there's the, uh, there's the, there's tons of games where like it is you kind of do two things at once. I mean like every open world game I have to do that with because open worlds you know, aside from like some of the original ones, 
that I feel like really generated like a world. It, it's just chores, you know? It's right. just like, what if in between every mission you played, you had to hold down your analog stick in one direction to move towards that location? <laughs> what if like, every time you did a mission, two hours later, you have to do 13 mini versions of that mission? Yeah. And it's all just... Content, there's, there's Yeah. There's nice moments within it. And, you know, sometimes it is nice to, to get... Um, you know, have something to listen to podcasts do that kind of thing. But, and I, you know, when I, when I've been working hard and my life's going good and I just need something to unwind to that stuff, you know, that stuff feels good. Yeah. But if I go out of my, if I'm like, I'm going to, this looks good. And I sit down to do it. It's the kind of thing where you just feel like, Oh, I just moved like a couple hours closer to death. And that's all that happened. <laughs> <laughs> But your numbers went up, and you got Spider-Man three new skills. Oh man, and I got the skills do nothing for me. But what I really want are costumes, man. Yeah, I miss when they turned that stuff into DLC. That was the that uh, yeah. it's a true crime. Mm-hmm. The only the great the greatest crime of modern humanity is turning cosmetics into co- into money things you have to pay for. Yeah, but um. What a waste! What a. <laughs> anyway, one of these days, I want. I really want to get back into. To Morrowind. Oh man, Morrowind is. See, to me, that is like maybe the ideal of the open world game because the. The only other one like that I can think of that's modern, that reminds me of that is Death Stranding in a way. Okay. Where they make like a, a core part of the game is, here's this huge world. And you have to actually engage with it to accomplish your goals, you know? Yeah. It's like, like in Death Stranding, every, you know, mission or whatever is getting from point A to point B. As opposed to like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead, where it's like getting from point A to point B is just how you start the mission. It's just there to fill time, yeah. you know? And it's, it's scenic and it's beautiful. And sometimes you, 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 you know, you, you go, wow, look at these vistas. But for the most part, you're just holding your. There's so much time in those games. I'm holding my fucking analog stick forward and I'm looking at my phone. Yeah. But Morrowind is like, you know, you're you're taking that guy's instruction. Like, okay, how do I get there? And you know, you you. It's it's that thing that requires engagement, and I think. That is. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to know what the the right amount and the wrong amount right. of engagement to require is. I think. Like, like, um, is, it, is it made better by the fact that you have to use a journal and you don't just have a bunch of quest markers? Yeah, and I, I think it is in a way because it can be frustrating, but you know, again, it's it's that's a thing that is expressed and yeah. and and related that's more interesting than. I have the feeling of I've completed a bunch of quests, you know? Right. Uh, like that, 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 that feeling of ex- like Morrowind's the only one where I feel like I'm exploring like a, like a foreign lane, you know? Right. Like I liked Oblivion a lot too. Um, but that one more just cause it had good quests and then Skyrim, Skyrim just leaves me tired. I feel exhausted, you know? <laughs> right. It's just, I just, feel incredibly exhausted every time i try to play it 
I wonder what it is because like is it does it have more content or does it have like more is, is that the problem is the problem that it has more content and less like i don't know it, stuff. Has, it has it has so much more content but none of it is ever interesting you know it's all it all amounts to and you know i'm there's some good stuff in there but it most of it amounts to like um you go to this cave and you kill the, the draugr and then you get the the new chef and it's all just that, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, at least with Oblivion, I remember, like, a lot of the quest writing was interesting, you know? It's, like, it's not just, hey, my husband's gone missing. It's, like, oh, my husband's gone missing, and he's trapped inside his paintings, and you have to go kill the painting trolls in his paintings, you know? There's always, like, some little fun twist to it all, you know? Yeah. That, make, that makes uncovering the stuff in the world more intriguing than just... Um. Ooh, things to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. This is a pro- my problem with The Witcher was like, there's so much just checklist stuff. Yeah. That it just starts to slide over you, you know. Right, right. It's like, well, what am I? What am I here for? Now, yeah. Logan, we're approaching the end of our segment here, so I got to ask you: if you were uh, a Bethesda style quest giver, what would, what kind of content would you give me as a eager eyed adventurer oh man dude the best quests were always the ones that start off innocuous some sort of like go get this bobble yeah and then there's a twist to it and then also uh the ones where you enter into some you know particularly unique you know dungeon like that there's a like all the uh, the Sheo Gorath quests, you know, or something where you enter into like a weird, weird realm. Yeah. If I had to give a quest, it'd be one where you go into a weird realm. Gotta have, gotta have weird realms, you know? Perfect. Well, we will be back with the group segment in um, about two minutes and six seconds. Logan, thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for continuing to be here. Um, see y'all on the other side. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was that always came my certain fate by Mission of Burma. I've I don't I never I'm always not sure how to uh, adjust the volume for music because sometimes music is quieter, but sometimes it's really loud. And I like loud music, so that's just me. Also, that music's good, man. I like it loud and I like it fast. <laughs> um. Also, just just naturally, I think because I want to, I try to keep these breaks in like the two to three and a half minute range at the most. It just kind of naturally trends towards a lot of punk songs. The only bands I know with small songs. Yeah, they have. I, so that's just like very natural. Like that, ah, there we go. They do punk- Jay Dilla. A lot of that stuff is small songs. Yeah, there's nothing 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 better. I, I like two. Or like two things. I like seventeen tracks, forty minutes long, and I like four tracks, an hour and a half long. Those are the two dreams when you look at an album. The classics. Yeah, I like it. I like real long, real long meandering stuff. Like, blew my mind as a kid and was like, "Wait, that song doesn't have to be three and a half minutes long." I didn't realize that at the time. Like, I I did, I did process it in that way. 
but it was very much like when songs were really short or songs were kind of long and by long i mean like five minutes which is yeah, I, I, I remember being a kid and hearing like stairway to heaven and a couple of the long songs and being like oh these are like important songs you know these these are this is like a it's like the song version of you know gravity's rainbow a real meaty novel <laughs> yes this yes. is important stuff this is war and peace that i'm listening to right now right right stairway to just... heaven, which is probably what like eight minutes long maybe yeah it's not just Pawn Shop by Sublime. It's just some real important stuff. Uh, listen, a prayer, a prayer to all the Sublime kids who grew up, you know? Hey, man, Sublime rules. I stand by it. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I, I respect you. What's, what, what's, what's, what's the saying? I disagree with your opinion, but I respect your right to hold it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, it's um, listen. I as, as a youth, I I was into Century as well. Or see, rather, I don't like that song. Um, the second album was never my thing. Oh, see, I I, I I had no context for albums. Yeah. Well, I grew up both skiing and then like like that kind of reggae was really really popular amongst like the skiing community. Okay. I don't know, ski communities. I mean, you go to a ski resort. Yeah. Like, you hang out. That stuff's always blasted. Um, and there's going to be people mad at me that I call it reggae, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's some some bastardized something somewhere along and the And then, like, my dad was a college professor, and, like, so much of my music was just CDs that his, like, stoner um, – Students would burn their CDs and then give to him, and then he'd give to me. And that's where I could get a lot of my music growing up. What a what a! I that's one of the things that I wonder, like, what it's like growing up with, like, uh, for lack of a better word, like a parent with cool tastes, you know? Oh man, it's great. I mean, I don't know about cool taste, but right, I think it beats having a parent with like. I don't know. I remember I went to college and everyone I knew, this is the first time I met people who were like, well, yeah, obviously the Beatles are one of the best bands of all time. It's like, yeah, they're fine. And then you learn it's because everyone's dad loved the Beatles, yeah. you know? Well, they impart that idea that the Beatles are the best band of all time. The, the secret of the Beatles is they are just fine. That's, that's yeah. the... That's not bad. The, if someone plays the Beatles, I have no idea. Like, I'm not like, turn this off. But that's... that's but, uh, I, I think that's the secret to their success is that they're so... They have such a high number of volume of songs. They're just they're just perfectly fine. Yeah, and they did all the styles from those eras. So it's like if you like anything, yeah, there's probably a Beatles song you like. Yeah, I listened yeah. to that like eight hour version of Let It Be. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, but I also listened to like a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. But no, I I had to had to venture into the world myself and find new music basically lest my life be um classic rock to the end of time i guess and just be nothing but deep purple yeah dude i i I think i don't know if i've ever listened to a deep purple song deep purple is good man other than i mean i like okay you know smoke on the water sucks and that's the first song everyone learns on guitar yeah but they got some good stuff did you see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did not know. Oh, well, there's a bunch of Deep Purple songs in those, and they, 
they fit well into that movie. No, I have not. I I very cautiously ventured back into that sort of realm every now and then because it's like, you know, you don't return to your 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 childhood interests if you've like reached a point where you felt like you've grown past them. You know. Yeah, I also. I don't know. I it definitely it's certain things. It it sort of feels tainted where you're like. It's like it's not even it's not even music for children, but just because you listen to it, you're like, this is music for babies. I don't yeah. want music for babies. I want big boy music. Yes, uh, I want. I need to. I need to go. If I, I can't go back and listen to to like Zeppelin, I need to go listen to King yeah. Crimson. Because yeah. it's for adults. It's progressive, and rock. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've I, I've I've come around to like a lot of different things. Yeah, I listen. I mean, my music taste—it's it, you know, it, it, like anything. It's it, same with game taste. Same with anything. It's all it becomes hyper obsessive, where it's like one kind of thing is what I want. You know, right? Like some moment, I want nothing but like you know jungle music, and then I want you know, modern Philly indie rock. And then I want nothing but this, you know, it's just like games. Like, you know, right now, all I want to play is roguelikes and see what all likes are. And then I'm done with those. And I want to play boomer shooters and I'm going to play all of them. Right. Sometimes yeah. I just want to sit around and I play like, I want to play RPGs. I want to just like jam up 50 JRPGs in a row. Yeah. That's what I've been in the mood for lately. Yeah, I've, I, I, I'm more so my, <laughs> my computer like, crashed at some point, like real bad crash, and I'm, I'm terrified to know whether or not my save files still exist. I hope they do. For what game? Um, the one, the one I'm most worried about is Breath of Fire Four. Oh man, I, I've lost a Breath of Fire Four save. Oh man. To be honest, I've played, like. 75% of probably most of the JRPGs on the PlayStation 1. But the yeah. amount of JRPGs that I've actually completed, it's like Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X, and probably one or two others. That's what I did when I was younger, I think. I played most of them, but then I was like, oh, I want to do all the side stuff, and then I never got around to it, and then I never finished the games. Yeah, you always you gear up, you're like, you know what? I'm going to do everything in this game. I'm just a fool's move. Because you're going to higher up and then i just yeah and so i've i've been playing through like kind of the all the games that i've purchased like back when it was a lot cheaper to buy games you know <laughs> physical copies of stuff oh i just emulate these days i that's what i that's what i do i emulate them but i like i because i bought them i was like well i should play all these games i bought maybe yeah. not the, maybe not the actual physical games themselves because i don't want to drag out like a genesis or something yeah I prefer to play the physical version if I can, but it's just so much so expensive these days. Oh yes, no. Listen, this is. I will say that I, 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 I recently bought and then like modded a PlayStation Vita, and okay. that works nice because I find you know emulating on a PC, something about it where it. I don't like fast forward modes in games. Oh, okay. That always screws me up. Like I remember, I played Final Fantasy VII on that, and fast forward, and I literally just 
just zoom through the whole thing. I, and I, I, like, I love like, fast oh, forwarding I, battles. Yeah, but then it's like I haven't engaged with the game at all. You know, right. it's just slid over my brain. Right. It's all just empty. And like, oh man, I, I did not play this game. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't fast forward boss battles because it feels more impactful in it. Yeah, I mean, part of it is just Final Fantasy VII was very easy where you could win everything by just getting attacked, you know. Yeah, but I don't know. I've thought about going back to that mostly because they, uh, you know, they made that new one and it seems interesting. Having, oh yeah. Having also never played that, but it seems like an interesting. It sounds like what they did when I was thinking about that game was like, well, how do you reconcile like what Final Fantasy VII is now versus like what it was when you originally made the game? You know. Yeah, I'd like to. I'm holding out on playing that remake until the day I eventually decide to buy like, PS5, which who knows when I'll do that. But right. Well, I, I think I do that. when you're capable of doing that, I think it would be your first good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, other than paying what, like probably uh, like a thousand dollars for a secondhand one. Yeah, I mean, I, you. I think if you devote the time to it these days and you just wait for the the drops, you can get it. But yeah. it's like two games that are exclusive for that. You know. I don't even know what they are. Just play on your PS4, and none of them I want to play. So I don't want to play a Demon Souls remake. I want to play Demon Souls. Yeah, just I don't want to play even Demon Souls. I want to play Kingsfield. I want to play Demon Souls. Demon Souls was cool. I want to play. I recently played through the first Armored Core. Um, Is that good? I like it. I think I've been meaning cool. to get into those games, but they they intimidate me. I mean, they are intimidating, <laughs> but I like them. I like at least that first one was like was it a frequent? I think it might have been a frequent rental. I don't think I own it. Okay. But, I like as as a kid, I could not grasp it. Yeah, there's. I mean, that was. I've I've gone through and replayed some of those, of those old like child, you know, uh, could not grasp games. Yeah. And part of me misses that, you know, um, like Vangers, the 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 game that my Twitter Abby's from. That was a game I loved as a kid. But I had no idea how to even remotely beat it or interact with it properly right it's moving around the space and going into those little stores and talking to the bug men man nothing better and like now i, I play it and it's like it's still great it's a great game but you get it I, I get it and there's something different there you know yeah right right there's there's not that real like sense of mystery which is like a good thing and a bad thing it's just like you need to go find that sense of mystery somewhere else yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of it is not an interesting sense of mystery. A lot of it was like, you know, playing Pokemon and just being like, well, you know, fire is obviously the most damaging, so I'm just going to do fire attacks against things oh. that were resistant to fire, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, it's simple. Fire magic is going to be the best one because it's fire. Well, listen to In what world is fire not more damaging than water? It's, it's fortunate you weren't like... Like now, good. Luckily, you have plenty of adults who will explain to you that all the typing and your IV, how like your Pokemon has bad IVs, and you shouldn't really be playing the game because I yeah. I clocked out of Pokemon a long 
You're not, you're not you're not even playing it right. What are you doing? Now I play Shin Megami Tensei Pokemon for 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 edgy boys. teens. Hey man, this game is rated M for mature. Yeah, that needs to be an adult to buy them at GameStop. You're right. You need. You're right. <laughs> you you. I have to like be serious. It's about serious stuff. That's Master Franchise is also taking like a weird turn where it's kind of gotten superseded by Persona. Yeah, I the Persona games are cool, but yeah. I never I beat three I think, and then I never beat five because that game is just long, so long. I I so, so the thing that I never liked the thing that bugs me about the like post three Persona where it becomes clearly like it's popular. Is it just too easy to make the relationships go up? It always, it felt like that bugged me, you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the. Like it's too wish fulfillment kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't. I like them in an at, like sort of from a distance. Like I liked the feeling of being in those spaces. Like I remember in Persona Five, my favorite part was not the. Um, uh, you know, actually doing the social links. It was the walking around the city going to the social links, you know? Yeah. Like, it was nice. I like the idea of a JRPG that only took place in in one really detailed city that you got to kind of thoroughly explore. Yeah, I remember in... So, in 3, I remember it being, like, very difficult to, like, max rank, like, an actual kind of, like, relationship. Mm-hmm. And then in four is like super easy. And in my mind, it was like, oh, well, because in three, you're like just another weird dork in a big city, you know? Yeah. And then in four, you're like this cool city guy in like a big, in like a small town. So it was like. Yeah, you live at a coffee shop. So I was like, ah, so that's why. But then in five, apparently it's just as easy. So I'm like, ah, there wasn't a thematic choice. It was just (laughs) the game's getting easier in that aspect and getting. I, I don't mind it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for, I will say with like a lot of RPGs and stuff, I always do my research beforehand. Like, how hard is this game? Am I going to need to like, I don't want to gimp myself, you know? Yeah. If it's like, oh, if you don't do good social links, then, you know, you'll never beat the final boss. And then if you also, you pretty much have to use a guide to do good social links. And then you're like, well, I guess I'm going to use a guide. <laughs> And then, and then the second you start using a guide, the second you stop playing the game because it just feels like you're trans. You're just a a Chinese room for a guide in between the game, you know? Right, right. You just... You're not actually interacting with it. Yeah, it's, it's a that's a weird thing in terms of like, I think I've I've accepted missable content in my life, you know? Yeah, I like it. I like I like to just. Honestly, the best part about missable content is to play a game fully, like Elden Ring. I played that, and then I'll see someone post something that's like, "This guy was crazy," and it's like the knowledge that that was there and I didn't find it yeah. is more interesting than like, had I opened up a guide and made sure, okay, I'm, I did this, 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 this. Right? Did I do all the things right? Did I check all the correct boxes? Yeah. Like I had a roommate who I remember he played uh like Link to the, uh, no, not Link to the Past. What's the sixty-four one? Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Of time. Yeah, and he he had a guide to make sure he got everything, and it was it was literally just like like you're just translating the guide into the game, you know? 
Yeah. You're never actually engaging with it. You're stopping every two steps to make sure like, okay, so I got to do this. Got to check that wall. Got to do this. You know? Yeah. And it, like yeah, right, it creates like an interesting like relationship with the game where it's like, are you, at, at what point do you just benefit from just watching someone else play? Yeah. And I, I'll use, I'll use a guide if it's like, if I can get stuff beforehand, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're playing Deus Ex and you're like, man, should I put all these points into swimming? And you look up, it's like, no, do not take swimming. There's absolutely no point. Right, like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Good. I, I don't want to, you know, game myself like that. But other than that, you know, I try to go guideless. Unless you're stuck. Like, yeah. I, I'm working on an adventure game now. And I'm trying to, trying to build in a, a, a method of of like a thing to ask you know right like having, having a character that's in the universe where it's like if you're stuck you can go talk to him and, and he'll he'll answer your questions like and you know you get hints and then you get you get the, the final solution if you really can't get it because there's nothing worse than just being stuck forever to the point where it becomes arduous but you need the capacity to be stuck you know yeah have you have you ever used like the universal hint site? I think is that what it's called. Yes, that that sort of was the inspiration. UHS. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I use whenever I play adventure games and I get stuck because it's exactly what I'm looking for. It's it's that perfect amount of like, of like something will say something, and and you're like, oh, okay, I like I yeah. totally figure it out now. Right, it's like your friend who's played through the game before you, right next to you, just kind of like. Uh, like, and asking, like, did you do this? And you're like, yeah. oh, right, I didn't do that. And it, yeah. And my, my problem is you always hit the point where you're like, you think you have a solution, and you're like, am I just not interacting with it in the correct way? Right. And that's not an interesting thing. Because to yeah. me, I don't know. Like, I love adventure games, but they, like, the best part of them is, the best part of, like, almost all games is just having, like, a, you know, space to inhabit and explore. And you need that sort of, um, that friction required by puzzles that, you know, that makes you like have to interact diligently with the environment as opposed to just like smoothly sailing on through. Yeah. Um, but once you hit a point where you're like, you're breaking out of that kind of, um, direct engagement and just thinking like, okay, is this just a buggy piece of shit and it's not working? Or like, am I not standing in the right spot? You know, that that thing where you just moved your cursor across every inch of screen waiting to see if it changes to like the interact icon because you, you do got a pixel hunt and that's, that's no fun. No, there's, there's an era of, um, like, adventure game kind of in that kind of like i think it's like that late 90s early aughts era of adventure game like especially fmv adventure games that's like i never want to play them but i love to watch them because i love i love them and like more than i should i think like oh fmv games are cool that that's the I, i would love to at some point make an fmv game yeah and I think, um, what was that FMV game that came out a couple of years ago? The the, um, the British ones, the like contradiction that those guys. No, 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 no. The one where you first story is that what it was called? Oh yeah, 
like that was a really a really um oh geez guys computer just blue screen um that was a really interesting take on fmv games and i feel like there's a lot of i don't know stuff you can do with a fmv games that hasn't been done before right i think they kind of got derided as just like a cheesy marketing gimmick from the 90s when the cds allowed you to put full motion video on them yeah if i mean if i uh, if i'm if i'm being fully honest if i made a retro game i'd want to make slack schlocky bullshit oh yeah i mean i mean even schlocky bullshit you could make something like you ever yeah. play harvester i love <laughs> harvester harvester rules and like that could only be an fmv game you know yeah. of that like i mean the thing that always sticks out to me is that one scene where like if you interact with that security guard with no legs enough and he blows your brains out and then sits down on the nuclear launch button and just obliterates the world like oh it's perfect there's yeah. that that beautiful era of just like real try hard fmv that, mm-hmm. and adventure games that are just a real pleasure and it's got it's something about that sort of you know i, I think fmv also like of that quality kind of works better where it's like and it's it's kind of what I do with my like the clay stuff I work with, but um, yeah. the lower fidelity allows it to kind of really mesh with the you know the the, the CGI background in an interesting way, you know. Right, right. Or also, uh, it keeps it from looking too fake. Yeah, like it all it all feels homogenous. You don't get that weird like. Here's a video game room, and then here's a man standing inside of like yes. a real man standing inside a video game. You hear that it's sometimes all... when people see like talk about 4K versions of old movies. It's like, oh, you can see all, you can see everything, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, it's it's like watching a fork like Alien. It looks good on VHS. It looks, I mean, it, it looks great on anything, but like, yeah. there's a certain, I don't know, quality to like having. That, that graininess that overlays it. Yeah. And I mean, even like old, old, it's, it's the thing, you know, those tweets always get sent around of like some old pixel art game that's on a CRT versus on um, a, like a, just a, you know, a modern thing. And it's like on the CRT, everything smooths together to, to create something totally different than a collection of blocky pixels. Right. But I'm also a sick who loves those blocky pixels. Oh, I love, I love some crispy, crunchy blocky pixels. I mean, every one of my games has a a lower resolution filter over it. Right. Because I like it. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna really. Uh... I'm, I like the this movement towards like the PS One, and I want to see it more adapted from like a. I like it. I like it when it feels like people are like thinking like in terms of like the model restrictions of it and everything. Sometimes, yeah, which, I, which I, is less common. What do you mean? Um, like it's, it's I've, I've played and this isn't like everyone, but in plenty of cases it feels like um, like here's just a regular model with a filter thrown on it. You know? Yeah. Okay. There isn't like. I mean- like oh this at Final Fantasy VII, Cloud has these weird little skinny arms and he's this weird blocky guy. Yeah, like the actual restrictions working yeah. within those restrictions. I I appreciate both sides of the coin because yeah, I think no, they're they're both aesthetics. I want to see both of them exist. Yeah, 
I, I mean, my the stuff I do that that it, you know just in what one could call the the PSX aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I mean, mostly it just comes from I'm bad at 3D modeling, so I, I hit I hit an endpoint at things that can just sort of be an amalgamation of of cubes. Right. <laughs> uh, but um. No, I think it's like I I prefer the aesthetic overall over especially over like you know, unreal pre-built stuff, you know? Oh, that is, that, that, that's super clear. I think there's no worse effect than, um, motion blur. Right. I get that it looks good for trailers, but I, I don't think there's ever been a game where I didn't immediately turn motion blur off. You know? It's, it's a real threat that you can just kind of like get a lot of high res assets. Cause it's like, Oh, it looks good. Good. Yeah. Good. With like a lot of, a lot of quotation marks around. It looks good. Yeah. Well, I also think like it looks good, but it doesn't. It feels wrong to be in. Like I think everything kind of peaked at um, like Half Life Two. That okay. was sort of the peak to me, um, just for the sake of. I don't know how do I how do I write this. It's it's like when you when you're in that kind of a uh, uh, lower polygon level with less objects everything in the environment feel it's like it's representational you know right and and it evokes the feeling of being in that space um like being going into like you know the movie theater in duke nukem feels like being in a movie theater as opposed to like a modern version where everything is bump mapped and there's so much detail yeah but you're also it creates this like distance between you and, and all the, ever the, the environment, like you can't directly touch it and, and interact with it because there's, there's just so much, you know? Yeah. I, I often feel like this disconnect with a lot of, and this has happened for like the past decade or something with like 2d games that were like, and I've been trying to grapple with like, why do these, why do the backgrounds and the foregrounds don't feel like they fit together? Yeah, and I and I can't um, and I can't like explain why, but like, I look at them like they don't feel like they, like I don't know if the like the color palette is too broad now, mm-hmm. and now because like the colors aren't meshing well enough together that it feels like incongruous with each other. Like, like yeah, oh, this character is walking against a background. Yeah, I think interactivity is a part of it. Um, I always think of like coming back to the Elder Scrolls. It's like you have Morrowind. Oblivion, and then there was Skyrim. It's like Morrowind and Oblivion. When you walked into some room and there was a table with a bunch of you know cups and and you could take everything, you know. Yeah. It was all objects that you could take, and there was less of it, but because it was all, you know, it was just enough to get across the idea of like, hey, this is a study. So you got some scrolls, you got some books. But then when you hit Skyrim and you have this level of fidelity where there's so much stuff that it kind of just overloads and you don't interact with it. It, it, it seems similar to like the the difference between like, you know, the Deus Ex pickup interaction where you hover over something and you, you zap it up versus um, like the Red Dead Redemption thing where you hold X for your character to slowly get down on the ground and grab it, you know? Right. Where it's like that's more representational, but it also creates this weird disconnect where you don't feel you you don't actually connect with the the thing because there's 
this extra layer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's, right, there's, uh, your, your character is entering an animation rather than you are just, like, you are actively doing something. Yeah, because, you know, it's not the real world. I know it's not the real world. And trying to 100% one-to-one represent the real world ends up making it feel wrong because, yeah. I mean, even, you know, like, if you if you pick up something off the table... You don't think about it, you know? You're not like, okay, I'm picking up the thing off the table. It's just sort of like, you grab it, you know? Right. You're never like, okay, here's the two seconds where my hand does the animation for picking things up off yeah. the table. Wait, you don't, like, every time you, like, go to pick up your phone, you don't see, like, the heavy rain X over your hand? That's what yeah, and if I, don't, if I don't hold the thought for long enough, I, I, I stop picking it up and put yeah. it back down, you know? Like, I, I reach down and I, and I clasp around it, but then I let go and then my hand goes back up. Mm-hmm. Listen. I don't know. It's a neat idea, but what if you made good games? That's all I'm, all I'm saying. What if? What if we did it? What, what, if, what if he made interesting games? What a world that could be. Nah, we should just go for fidelity. Yeah. And fidelity. once again, the, the most fidelity, real pictures of people. Can't beat them. Can't beat, can't beat anyone. <laughs> Listen, you, 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 you can spend like countless hours on making your perfect outfit for all your characters in your DLCs, but how how many of them are going to compare to the, to the ultimate gray shirt pants combo of your Curtis Craig's, you know? Oh man. The ultimate what, fit, man. What a dream. What a perfect character design. You I saw that recently. Was that you who was posting? I did post you that. You posting yeah. Craig on main? Oh, I gotta post Craig, dude. I, I've never actually played the first one. I've only played two. Um, I've never played bo- either of them, but I've watched them extensively. Two is cool. Two feels like a like a Clive Barker novel to me, you know? Yes. Yeah. Where it's fantastic. Like, everyone knows the first one, but it, the first one just sort of feels like what you would come up if you were, like, come up with if you were, like, ooh, a violent horror movie where you're in a spooky mansion. Yeah. But Phantasmagoria 2 has, like, it goes for something, you know? And I appreciate that. Yes. I love <laughs> things like... I think they follow. I think Curtis. I think that actor follows me on Twitter now. Oh man, I'm jealous. I thought for a second, like, could I? Should I organize a special Phantasmagoria two episode of this show? And I still might one of these days. Man. Especially now that I've said it out loud, that kind of pushes me to do it. You know. I tune in. Like I, because I posted um, like you know how in the Phantasmagoria one, she like fixes her hair all the time. Is that like her idol animation? Yeah, like every like after she does every single animation, basically after she does like any action, she always fixes her hair. Oh, uh, okay. That's because I mean because she has long hair and it moves out of place, so she has to go back to what her idol animation. Oh is yeah, you have to go back to what your yeah your default idol animation. Yeah, so I I just I realized that like like I said I've been watching this thing for like a playthrough of this for like um I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a decade at this point, like consistently at least like once a year. Oh man, old SMB let's play is a good background. Yeah, and like, and they commented on it as well within the video. And then at some point this year, like, I just realized, like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> she's doing that constantly because she needs to reset. 
and then I posted that, and then like it cycled through like, like the actress commented on it and said how she did it. Like I was like, what a weird FMV world on Twitter I accidentally fell into. Yeah, it's hard because like I don't know when I make the the clay models for my games, I. I'll, I'll forget to like make a little reset animation. You're like, well, he's just gonna either just reverse the animation, right? Or he's just gonna snap back into place, and that's fine by me. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you don't think about with like real stuff. Is that? But I have the benefit of everything kind of looks weird and janky, and that's what I'm going for. And yeah. Not. not <laughs> it's not. Trying. It's not designed to look like a person. Yeah. Which is definitely like a cool, like, you know, listen, when I get hit by a game, it's got a very cool aesthetic. I'm like, excuse you. Hello there. And then <laughs> it happens like occasionally, like maybe once a month sometimes. And it's always a very welcome pleasure. Oh, yeah. So like when, I, you, when you submitted that, I'm like, hello there. Oh, man, thank you. You can, say, yeah, I, you can say don't judge a book by its cover. But in doing this for two and a half years, you can often judge books by their cover. Oh, and I mean, I also think that games are, like, to me, the thing that interested me in games is, like, an artistic medium was them as, as sort of a, a visual one, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, obviously the experience of playing it is going to be different than the experience of looking at a screenshot or a GIF, but you can get some aspect of it across, you know? Right. And often it, it, when people have, like, a very, when they go for a very distinct style in their games, it's like, oh, well, they were, like, clearly, like... It feel like you can feel the intention in the work, you know. Yeah, and and it's you know there's still people are doing cool stuff. There's um, you know, and you know, so much of it is you only know what you, you're aware of. There might be other people who've done it before, but like, there's a lot of guys who. I feel like Cruelty Squad really opened the gates for people to have an attitude, like yes. an appetite for like more like really playing around with geometry. Um, like I, I, I follow a bunch of people who are really making stuff where it's like, you know, it's, it's totally ignoring, you know, classic ideas of 3d modeling and like representation of objects and just, just tearing at vertices and meshes and stuff and really making interesting shapes that it, you could only do in, 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 in 3d. Yeah. It's very much like, Stuff's getting cheap enough to use now, you know? Yeah. And, like, the software is cheap enough, and but also getting a computer that's powerful enough to do it is getting cheap enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started building... I have a real deal, fancy computer now, but when I was built... Uh, most of GoFly Kite was built on a really shitty old laptop. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hot the whole time. And now you can do that. And then now you can get, like, the real, the real sickos in there who are, like can't afford big fancy setups and don't have like publisher funding, but now they can, they can all make 3d models and that's where you get the real good stuff. Yeah. I, I think 3d, there's so much more room for experimentation. Yeah. 2d. Cause I think also it's way easier to experiment with it than you would think, you know, with, right. with 2d, good 2d are kind of requires you to be a good, and I might be totally wrong. But a lot of it requires you to be like a good at illustration, you know? Yes. Or like at least have like a distinct style that you've developed that like Yeah. Well I would say if you have a distinct style that, that counts. Yeah, as you good are good at it. Theory. But you know, if people are thinking good in like the very traditional sense, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but 3D, I think you you the the barrier to actually make something interesting, especially with you know that that appetite for that sort of PS1 era, right? Uh, that lo-fi yeah. desire. Yeah, and I'm interested in the stuff that takes that sort of as a jumping off point, you know, and that. Like I, I do love the stuff where they're like, "Hey, this is 100. You could run this on a PS1." Like that stuff blows my mind. I don't know how people do it because I'm very stupid about I, I, how I make games. You get a but, uh, rose first, Steph. Yeah, but um, there's people who kind of take it as a jumping off point where it's like, "This could never run on a PS1." Yeah, but like PS1 is where we we sort of jumped off. Right, right. Like now, now that I'm actually getting back after two and a half years into game design of my own, I, I'm going, I'm working strictly within the confines of, not the technical confines, but the otherwise aesthetic confines of the NES. Yeah. So like strictly resolution, strictly, you know, four buttons or, you know, counting start and select as buttons. Yeah. But that's like, that's like where my, like kind of, playing around with game development concept is I'm just kind of working my way through um, the Famicase project is what I'm planning on doing. What's that? Uh, Famicase, it's a, there's a gallery in Japan called Meteor. And every year since like, I think like 05 even, but the, the first it goes back in terms of, oh no, I closed it. Um, in terms of... Like what I can easily find online, it goes back to 08. Mm-hmm. But there are people just making fake Famicom cases. Oh, okay. And yeah, so, that's cool. And I'm basically just gonna maybe spend like a little bit of time a week or a month or you know, my time is also taken up by two two jobs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. But in the spare time, I just wanna I wanna make games again, you know. Make games is fun. So that I mean that's originally why I started Indiepocalypse because I was making games and I was like, this sucks because I don't want to make long games. Oh, I I, I want to make long games. But I also want to make money. I don't care about money, but I have a job that pays me enough that right. So I I don't want to know what the people want to do, you know. Yeah, no, I'd rather have what I or rather I'd rather be able to make games for making money. Yeah. And then I was like, "Well, I'll just make this." And maybe the no, end I... goal, maybe the end goal is even that I've crafted a, enough of a space that I can just do that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the beauty of things like these, and I think there needs to be more of them. There, I mean, they're ever increasing. Is there what? What else is there for like that sort of indie indie scene? Because the problem is, it's like as far as I know, it's all on Twitter, and it's so hard to find things on Twitter. Yes, it, it has to just it has to come to you, and you hope you find it. Right. Like, that's right. how I knew about Indie Apocalypse. Is it just showed up on my Twitter feed one day because someone I followed retweeted it? Right. But, like if I hadn't been following them at that time, maybe I wouldn't have known. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's like the impossible thing about it all, and that's like the trickiness, and that's why it's usually all the same people getting all the same stuff. You know. Yeah. You 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 catch you get lucky and you blow up big, right? And like, or, or there's that there's that there's that next level of indie stuff, you know, the websites, you, your your polygons, your rock paper shotguns and what have you. I've been there but, before. Oh, nice. 
That's, I, I think that's how plenty of people found a, a certain number of people also found it through rock, paper, shotgun. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. Cause I will also say like, I, this is how I think in games too, is, is a mix of, of the hyper indie and the bigger stuff. But there's like very few stuff that really focuses on the hyper indie. Right. I remember there was like rebind, but I don't even think that that they published stuff anymore. No, I, I think don't. rebind had to take a break for other things, you know? Yeah. And then, and it's like there's YouTube channels, like guys who I follow who, who sometimes post about hyper indie games, but then they also post about, you know, Dark Souls comes out, you got to make a Dark Souls video. It's, right, you know, right. Because you got to get money. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to watch a Dark Souls video. Maybe not everyone wants to watch a Blendo Games video. Right. Even Blendo Games is hard, hardly hyper indie, you know? Oh, yeah. These days. They're and, like they're well connected enough that yeah. they have like I mean I mean that's the real secret is you just have to know the right people yeah and then they constantly pump up your stuff oh yeah that's how I've gotten Twitter followers was just one day a, a bigger game dev followed me and retweeted one of my things and it's like I've made it this is the big time yeah and so you realize it's not really the big time because like they don't actually know you they just retweeted you once. And then, and then, you know, and but it's, you know, it grows from there because yeah. before that it was just, you know, you're just posting into the void, Nothing. hoping a, hoping a hashtag catches you. Yes, truly. The, the hashtag surfing is impossible. That's why, you know, this is the only, the real equalizer is I guess events, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I haven't really gotten into indie games until after COVID. Yeah. So like I don't. No, I live in New York City. I don't really even know what the big events are. I mean, well, there's, I mean, to, let's, to get hyper specific about these sorts of things, um, as I guess let's wind the show down a little. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, there's Play NYC, but that's kind of expensive. Yeah, I know about that one, but there's that's not, big, and I don't know I mean, when well, there's like happen. Baby Castle that I imagine holds events fairly regularly. What is it? Oh, Baby Castle? Yeah, I know about them, but I don't know what they've done. Since COVID, it's it's all the kind of things. Oh, that, like, probably online stuff actually. No, I think yeah, but, it's a lot of that kind of thing. I think that would be a. I mean, that's. I mean, for you, for you personally, I'd be. That would say that'd be the first place to look would probably be baby castles. Yeah, and then there's Wonderville, which I've gone to. Yeah, but that's like that's the old Death by Audio arcade thing. For some reason, uh, I thought Wonderville was connected to baby castles. I think they. Pro- I mean, it's probably all. The same people. I'd imagine, yeah, at that level, you all know each other. Like, I know people in, like, the music scene. Yeah. And it's, like, you get a point where, all like, all the, the local venues, the people who work at all the venues know all the people who work at other venues, and most of them work at both all four venues, you know? Right, right. It's, um, it's the, it's when you look at indie musicians' Wikipedia page, and they have 17 associate acts. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. No, I feel like, I mean... Whenever someone is from New York, I always think like I feel like I'm trickling through like like throughout like scenes here and there. Yeah, like I'll see a a pass through of like oh look at these six people all kind of kind of like you know trickling through paradise for instance and it's like yeah these different little communities but uh oh. I was wondering where he went. He his computer broke. Yeah, poor timing. Yeah. 
I did not see that message because it was the way my audio writing is. I don't get the Discord blips. Uh, I hope I hope his computer isn't dead. Well, it happens. Yeah. The last time that happened to me, my hard drive, I had to do a fresh install of Windows. That's always fun. Yeah. But fortunately, I have like a little SSD, you know, that runs mm -hmm. up my OS and basically nothing else. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah, I, keep, I, didn't I backed up all my good stuff. But also my computer didn't know any of my stuff that was still installed. I didn't know it was installed anymore. Like I couldn't search it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You so got to rebuild all those libraries. So I had to go into all the files and like, <laughs> anyway, computers. Uh, hate the things anyway that was actually 20 minutes ago so maybe he's not coming back uh yeah i'm a little worried for his computer at this point but um anyway i'll do his promo so as we're shutting the show down logan what have you if he, if i was a really big um a big indie game honcho and sometimes People act like I am, and it's very weird <laughs> to, to to hear from people. And one of the people was like, "Senpai knows me." I'm like, "That's very strange to have to be that person," and I, I I don't know how to grapple with that sort of thing very well, you know. You're a superstar producer, man. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's very weird having done this for like two and a half years, you know. Yeah, and kind of be like a fixture to some people. But um, if I was that super hot indie game fixture, but I didn't know about you, where would I find your stuff? You would find my stuff at uh, digitalchotchkeys.hio for games, and then mostly if you want to see the project I'm working on now, which is a, a adventure game uh, uses claymation, just like. The uh, one that was in the apocalypse. Uh, go to my Twitter at uh, faceoff on VHS, and I post there mostly. Perfect. Um, and yeah. For, and for the people who don't know how, like people are thinking, how do I spell Chotchkes? The answer Chotchkes is T C H O T C H K E S. Thank you, because I have to look it up every time I type it in. Yeah, no, I don't know how it's spelled. No, it's one of those words that I know how to say, but like, how do you spell it, buddy? I don't know. But that's how you spell it. I just told I helped you out there out in the podcast land. Um, Came in with the assist. No problem. I've been doing this for 62 episodes. Um, or maybe this might be 63. I think I'm off in terms of like my numbering. I think this is technically 63. Either way, I've been doing this a lot. Good stuff, man. <sighs> Yeah, it's, this is my secret networking is I pay people to be in a thing and then I ask them to be on my show. I like being on the shows. Yeah, I like Fun hosting. Podcasts are good stuff. Um, mostly because other shows are closed down on account of the novel coronavirus. <laughs> but now, for better or for worse, or rather for worse... People are just saying, well, let's just host stuff anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. We've all okay. just decided that, you know, we can't die. No one. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like my brain's fried from COVID. <laughs> sure. Sounds good to me. 
I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm tired. I'm impervious to disease. I'll never die. I'll never die. I've caught it already. And uh, it's a real, it's a real pleasure to um, realize that we simply were witness to a new disease entering the human ecosystem. It's that will likely never leave. It's here forever. Ah, uh, to live, to live. In, <laughs> what's the what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, may you live in something times. I forget what kind of times they were. Interesting times. Interesting times. To live in interesting times, you know. Yeah. History's um, happening. That's what they say. Yep, and we're there for it. And I'm spending it. I'm gonna sit at my house and use the computer. Yeah. Um, speaking of people who aren't using their computers right now, <laughs> Sir Milkman, you can find his stuff at Sir Milkman on itch.io, and I believe the Twitter account is Sir Milkman, but with like an underscore at the end, because Sir Milkman was already taken. <laughs> A lot of Psychonauts fans out there. Huh, I wonder if that's it. Anyway. Maybe. Probably not, but oh, wait. I'm a Sir Milkman fan, so I'll say he is. Wait a minute. Maybe there is not a Sir Milkman. There's Sir Milkman. Um, he, Sir Milkman says, back on, baby. Hashtag milk, milk is chilling. Milk, oh, sorry, milk is chilling was the last post from the Sir Milkman without the underscore. He's a guy who seems like he's having a good time, really. <laughs> okay, you know what? This dude's got a new profile pic from 2018. Looks like he's got a, a water, maybe a Coke. It looks kind of like a water bottle. He's on an inner tube in the snow. Looks like he's having a great time. <laughs> his his header is just him and his him and his dudes out fishing. Love your life, Sir Milkman. But that is not the game developer. The game developer that was on the show is Sir Milkman underscore. And I, Indie Apocalypse, is taken, so I am at Pizza Pranks. Which I guess technically it predates Indie Apocalypse anyway, so I wouldn't have thought about it. But then I did try to get Indie Apocalypse, and it was not available. And then I got it on a Mastodon instance, and I'm like, Mastodon? I already oh, don't I'm... like Twitter. <laughs> Why do I want to use two Twitters? Digital tchotchkes didn't fit, so I couldn't use that for my okay. Twitter. Two. <laughs> that one. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's. I, I guess the purpose of it, but it's another thing where it's like I, I don't really usually start conversations with people who aren't my friends online. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm butting into conversations. So I oh, it, feels, it always feels rude to reply to someone who doesn't follow you. Yeah, or even that does follow me that I don't know very well. Oh, if they follow me, I take that as as the go-ahead for please interact with me. Maybe I should do that from now on. Maybe that should be something that I do. Yeah, that's what I do. Maybe. It always feels strange, you know? Like, But anyway, aside from that, the other place, you can just Indie Apocalypse. I'd recommend that one purchase it. I believe it is good. Um, you can get it at indiepocalypse.com or dot or pizzapranks.io. I'm getting close to just selling it through my own website. 
but I need to. I'm just very particular because the store, the the page layout I have, is I don't know how to build it, right. and I don't know what you would call the kind of widget that makes it. So I'm eventually I'll probably just get lazy and just copy HTML over from my itch page. <laughs> but I want to look really slick and clean, you know. Yeah, have a nice storefront. Yeah, I want to just be, not trust it. I want to have like a nice little like. Nothing but raw HTML. Uh, uh, no, I, I've done raw HTML in my years, so I don't want to go back to it. No, it's good stuff. Those, those, years are be, those days are behind me. Have your website look like the the professor page for every comp sci professor I had in college. So just like a, um, a just text, default text on a default page? Default text on a white background. The perfect, uh, perfect. website. No, I want it to look fancy. I want to have like, really, what I just want is I want like um, that kind of you know where it's got a big image and then there's a bunch of little images that you can click on. Yeah. But then you, there's also text on the right side, and that's the tricky part. Is the text on the right side? Yeah, I don't do UX, so I have no idea to do any of that. Yeah. Um, shout out to yeah. highlighted message in the chat. I think you're supposed to, I think if people spend their little circle points, you have to say them out loud. I think that's highlighted, how it works. Highlighted message. Yeah, thank you, highlighted message, for the highlighted message. Um, anyway, I like this little bird, actually. I might keep it. He's a bird. He's got a good look to him. But that's the stuff. Patreon, submit. If you put those at the end of IndiePocalypse.com slash, you'll find what you think you're going to find at the end of them. That's it. Logan, the departed Sir Milkman. <laughs> Thank you both for being here. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being in the scene. Thanks for it all. I'm going to close this and go eat some ravioli. Sounds good, man. Food, too. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>